CuntCast podcast is rated not safe for work. Urban Dictionary describes it as internet content generally inappropriate for the typical workplace, i.e. would not be acceptable in the presence of your boss and colleagues. All of these definitions apply. As a result, we will provide you with 15 seconds of pleasant, non-offensive music for you to advance to the next program, acquire headphones, or lock all available doors and windows for a proper sensual cunt cast experience. Please, be safe out there and enjoy the program. sexual subjects you're listening to a broadcast of the cunt cast podcast a conversation with a classily characterized cunt carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation and i'm najayla ree your host and i am joined by mr aaron Rand freeman thank you for listening hey aaron what's up nothing much um it's a pleasure to be back finally you know we uh yeah. we did we skipped the week we were, did you were uh at exotica being the best yes uh my first time at exotica and and for people who don't know exotica is a expo it is the largest love insect expo in the country um i think it's pretty much only rivaled by avn at this point and uh this is my first time as an exhibitor rather than media. Uh, I gotta say, I think I like being media more because you don't have to work as hard. That's completely <laughs> so, accurate. I was there with the New Jersey Red Umbrella Alliance and we have a big fundraising push. So we were there collecting donations and handing out information, safe sex kits and cookies and all kinds of good stuff, making sure all the sex workers there had basic things like food and water, making sure everybody was treating them well. Uh, and I'm still tired. It was three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, set up on Thursday, and I'm still not recovered. My feet still hurt from wearing heels all weekend. Right. You would need a, you're probably going to need like a week for all this. I'm fairly certain you're going to need a straight up week. Yeah. And I, I realized like I didn't appreciate stripper shoes when I had so many of them, but I couldn't find any of my stripper shoes. And I used to be able to do like everything of those things. I could wear them for hours. I had to wear like just regular heels mm. and my feet were obliterated. Oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Like at one point it was just like it, I could just stand because they were numb. Like I couldn't feel anything. But, uh, you know, I was there for good cause. So we, we raised a good bit of money. Uh, not as much as I hoped, but the mm. fundraiser is still going on online. 
Uh, if you want to support New Jersey sex workers, you could go to njrua.org slash donate. And your donation will be matched by the Ben and Jerry's Foundation. So all that information every will be little in bit the show helps. Notes. Yeah, the B Ben and Jerry's Foundation, the ice cream people. Really? I thought yeah. it was another Ben and Jerry's. It's really ice cream people? Yeah. Oh well shoot. Go on now. Yeah. It's actually like people who work for the company, they put all their money together or they have some type of thing and they just um fund like a whole bunch of nonprofits. Huh. So Pretty good shit. And I felt great. I got to meet a lot of cool people. I realized that I didn't go to Exotica for like, I think like five years. Just because the last time I went, it was so rowdy and guys were just like, I was like, I can't deal. And it was so different. Really? Yes. I came back this year. It was so mellow. It was so chill. It was so inviting. It was so diverse. It was... Wow. Yeah, it was the best Exotica, and I I, I wish I could have participated more because I was really just at my booth. Like, I didn't get to circulate or do anything fun, but uh, just being able to talk to different people, and there, uh, it got a lot gayer, it got a lot kinkier, and I think that made it better. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds like a good start, honestly. Yeah. So, I see it. And... Uh, I have to say, I was kind of disappointed in some of the coverage. Not some of the coverage. I'm disappointed in Paper Magazine because they ran this bullshit article that I could tell that they spent a good maybe hour and a half at the show and they just took pictures of, of butts and then wrote something about like how they th thought people were on drugs and bullshit like that. What the fuck? Yeah. And I'm like, this is supposed to be progressive Paper Mag. Like... You want to be even more hipsterish than Vice, but you're going to sit there and clutch your pearls at, at sex workers in 2000 friggin' 18. Right. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Also, they like only showed white people. I think they maybe showed like two black people. And you, as diverse as New Jersey is, if mm -hmm. you go to Exotica, you have to try real, real hard to only take pictures of skinny white women. Because mm. everybody was there. Everybody. Apparently, even Coolio. Really? Yeah, Coolio performed. <laughs> I didn't get to see it, but uh, apparently that was a thing. Uh, I wonder if he did Gangster's Paradise. I think that would have been weird. I mean, what else do you pay him for? <laughs> like, if you bring Julio in concert, you know his concert's only 20 minutes, set's only 20 minutes long, and, and there's nothing wrong with just coming in and performing Gangster's Paradise and leaving. There's nothing wrong with that, per se. I mean, maybe he shows clips from all those, like, Chinese and Korean movies he used to be in. Right. I think it... I don't, it was I, always delightful to like get a bootleg, like chibi Korean movie, and then suddenly Coolio shows up, <laughs> <laughs> and he's literally just like there, just like uh, I'm, I'm here in black. Please give me money. My house is way too large, and I have a mortgage payment. I'm Coolio. Hey guys, Coolio here. You may remember me from such songs as Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs>
Like it's like a Troy McClure. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you may remember me from my uh, hairdo and oh. that one soundtrack hit from um, Matt Mackay. Matt Mackay Pfeiffer. That's a different Pfeiffer. That was Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yes, his sister. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. Oh, it was uh, a learning experience. Um, I realized that uh, I don't. I don't know if I could go back to stripping. I, I think I've lost some of that. <laughs> that that skill set has has dried. I feel. Well, I don't think you're. I don't think you can fake it anymore. Like you are now incapable of you. Like your customer service demeanor has taken a taken a dip, and rightfully so. I'm not saying you should change it. I'm saying that that is what is happening. And I think um, being a stripper, make I imagine the customer service for yourself being you know yourself is um at this point it's not stressful, just annoying, because people are fools. And I don't think you suffer them like you used to. Yeah. I noticed, I think maybe 10 years ago, people might make their little jokey jokes and I just go, ha, 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 I'm going to be pleasant. And I was not. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Right. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think as, as you grow and you develop, your skills change. And I, I, don't, I don't got it. <laughs> Sure. I'm glad I left before it dried up, though. So I never was like the bitter bitch in the corner. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I mean, if you if that's your hustle and you still make money, just res- just open resentment on your face. Just go for it. Right. But my whole thing was how bubbly and how happy I was. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I mean. That's not that's that's all gone. Yeah, I mean, I did get to pass out cookies, so I did feel like I was very on brand. But uh, I realized it is very hard to get donations for sex workers from people who are trying to rush to the Pornhub booth to celebrate all the free porn they get, so... And I didn't even set the Pornhub booth on fire. So I feel like this was a successful event. That's some growth. Nicely done. Yeah. I didn't catch a case. No arson. Or murder. Not one annoying white man was murdered. So. I'm not saying I deserve a medal or a crown. No. You, you, I'm, I'm saying that, I mean, you should you should get some type of, you should be paid in dinner because <laughs> jewels don't have the same impact they did now that nobody eats. So I actually did not get to eat for the three days. I was goddamn starving. Really? <laughs> that was probably also why. Well, because A, I didn't have time to eat and B, um, when you're fundraising and you have a stipend, I was always thinking like, I don't want to spend money because I'm trying to raise money. And all the food there, like, I am not paying $15 for goddamn stadium-looking chicken fingers. No. <laughs> no way in hell. So I just, I just didn't get to eat. It was probably why I was a little cranky, now that I think about it, in hindsight. 
I mean, in fairness, they get they they, they you got to get hooked up with some food. It's not just you, but like people around. Like you know, you you have people or different people at the booth. They gotta hook you up. So actually, what I we ended up doing, we ended up feeding more people at other booths than eating food ourselves. What? <laughs> because so many people get these girls, and they're like, "Oh, you come to the booth, and we'll give you." a ticket so that you could attend and then you could work for tips but then they don't give them breaks they don't supply them with food they don't give them water so we were literally walking around and like instead of walking around and getting donations we we're walking around and like giving um booth performers um food and water and just asking are you okay because <laughs> sometimes we we're seeing some people i'm like we don't think they're okay there was a guy that was across from our booth that was sketchy as all fuck. And he had two dancers every night. And uh, we we gave them money so they could eat food. And because one girl came and she saw that we had strawberries and we weren't eating the strawberries. Because, you know, like when you get like shop right strawberries and like maybe the like the first layer are cool and then you see that they've packed everything that was out of sight with just garbage strawberries yes like just not edible looking stuff so we got to those strawberries and we were like pretty much done and she like dove for those strawberries when she we were like oh yeah have them and she ate those things like she'd never eaten food before and we were like have you eaten today this weekend and she's like no and she's just shivering because she's half naked and cold <laughs> like it's the most pathetic thing so we just were like we spent more money on like other people at booths than we did on our own food and then the second day um one of the committee members baked cookies and brownies so we were just giving out cookies and brownies to other booth babes or whatever you want to call them so i felt good because well, maybe we didn't fundraise as much as we liked. I feel like we made people feel like somebody has their back and people care about them. And I think that's more important. That's the best that's kind the of whole point. That's the best kind of networking trip is when you if. Um, uh, you don't necessarily do exactly what you want, but you, that you're building a rapport with some of the important people, like the people actually on the floor, on the ground. So Yes, we were actually next to um, Go Go Fuck Me and her wife, and it was uh, pretty awesome. I got to do an interview with her, and once I figure out how to get it off my phone and uh, onto a better format, that will be uploaded. It's going to go right on our Patreon first yeah i did a, a live um gave my phone to my brother so he could walk around and show people on periscope and uh, i for the life of me couldn't remember how to download periscope videos <laughs> so i downloaded some funky version like dot ts file and i'm like oh i don't know what to do with this i'll figure it out we'll make it work <laughs> and then uh you guys can see my awesome awesome idiot uh video with go go fuck me Check her out. She's just the bee's knees. <sighs> we should talk about more things. I don't know. Should we do the King of the Week or should we get to hard news? The King of the Week, um, as I've seen it, requires explanation. So. Yes. So. so what came out of the hat for our random kinks is Simon. Oh, 
God, I practice. Symphorophilia. Say that one more time. Symphorophilia. What the hell is that? That is a paraphilia, the sexual paraphilia, where the arousal comes from staging and or watching tragedy. Also, murder. Oh. Wait. So this is. <laughs> so you stage murder. Yes. Oh. It, like it could be murder or um, like you break something. So and watch, like wait and watch to see somebody get hurt. But it could go from, you know, orchestrating like an owie to, uh, pro, pretty much uh, the longest running serial killer was a was into this even though it is a new term right. it was one of the uh one of the terms that were coined by john money mm -hmm. uh, and so it's different from people who are just erotically turned on by like watching somebody who happens to trip. It is the 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 fact that you had a hand in it. So it has to be um, the person has to have arranged it. So watching an automobile uh, a, a car crash might be yeah those people are hurt. But like if you cut the brake line and then you see somebody like go off into an intersection and cause like an 18 car pileup, then you're just like, oh, buckets have come because you've caused it. Huh. So you're like, a, so being diabolical is a fetish. You be diabolical yes. and then you immediately. Oh, so I used to always say that truly diabolical people, I always make that joke that they're feverishly masturbating to whatever horrible thing that they might have done. And now there's a chance they it's might a thing. be. That might that be is an actual thing. Might be feverishly masturbating to the, the terrible thing that they did. Yeah. With that understood, I will revise my humor going forward. And I fully accept <laughs> this fetish of the week. I fully accept it. Yeah. It, for, for me, I could... Like sadomasochism, I get if you're just like you just enjoy people in pain, but it's a different thing when your kink is harming unsuspecting people. Right. <laughs> because that's pretty much the only way this works out. It's not like you're going to get a group of people to agree to play Russian roulette in front of you or oh, something wait, like wait. that. Oh, so wait, this isn't like a play thing. Like you really do like this is requires unwilling subjects. Like I thought it was a thing where you kind of like play real close to the edge. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, well, uh, mostly it is unwilling people. Um, in the case of Peter Curtin, oh, he, uh, between 1899 and 1930, uh -huh. he just, killed people excuse me yeah 
he killed people because he just got such intense pleasure from it. And, and he did it for such a long time because he, it wasn't like the ritual of, of murder. He just loved killing people. So he didn't care how he did it. He didn't care who he did it to. He just wanted to end lives for the pure sexual thrill. And he made the mistake of sharing, not the mistake, it's great that this happened because he stopped, but he told his wife, who immediately turned him into the police, and uh, he he basically, uh, he was going to burn down an orphanage for the sexual thrill, and that is what his wife stopped him from doing, um, and that that was his fantasy like he just wanted to harm people and cause grand destruction and he got away with it 79 times and he would have continued getting away with it if he he didn't say something to his wife who did the right thing and turned him in so it's it's usually like these people fantasize about like large scale things like for for them if they were death in final destination that would be like the best thing ever hmm. just like huge disasters oh okay that's no good then did not know yes. that okay yeah that's not good that's not good yeah so everybody I've, I've known so many people that were like oh don't yuck somebody's yum but like no yuck the fuck out of this this is not good so we've we've been pretty understanding and we've always made it sure to like not poo poo but like if this is your thing see doctors about not making this your thing if possible because you don't hurt people that aren't consenting Mm. don't hurt people I feel like that's a good a good rule of thumb mm-hmm. just so, maybe just yeah. putting it out there it's all it's all like, just putting it out there don't arrange mass disasters huh just like i don't know a bus full of people is not worth your nut it's not not at all don't do that not even a bitty 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 bit Speaking of nut, you know what's uh, making its return? No nut November. Hold on, what? what? You ever heard about this? Never in my life. What is no nut November? So, back in the the days, you know, the the early internets uh, on 4chan and shit like that, they used to have the no nut November challenge. Right. So you basically go on the internet and look at all the the porn and everything and then not masturbate. And that was a challenge. Um, Uh Uh-huh. Years and years later, some misguided organization uh, that called themselves NoFap has actually taken this as like their mantra like literally that is their organization no fap and they 
I guess are unaware of the origins of their whole deal. And right now uh, on Twitter, they and X Hamster are are having a, a Twitter battle uh, of wits, which neither company or organization has come armed for. But uh, that is a thing that is happening. What's the so, what's the so the point of the organization? Is there an anti-masturbation organization? Yes, they are. Uh, they say they are trying to reform porn addicts. They are an anti-porn group. Huh. Yeah. But. Huh. But and... by running up on X hamster, is not the wisest choice if you want to reform uh, porn addicts. No, I mean, they don't really seem like a group that has their shit together. They have a suggestion like, hey, why don't you get get a a not smartphone so you don't have to be tempted to look at internet porn, which is kind of like just unplugged from society. Like, I can't imagine a working adult who's who's just like, nah, I don't need a high-tech computer in the palm of my hand that will, you know, enable me to do things like pay bills and be a functioning member of society. Yeah, I don't need that. Nah, just I'll just forego that so I cannot look at internet porn. But what what I don't get about this whole uh, community, the no fats, um, not just that they didn't have the the wherewithal to Google the the name that they chose for themselves. <laughs> Or their their big publicity push. They didn't Google the origins of that because X Hamster is like posting all of like this is where it came from. They're like, no, that's not us. We believe in peace. I'm like, yeah, but you know, the origin of your whole deal is just a whole bunch of racist and anti-Semitic bullshit. So you you gotta you gotta have something. You gotta come better with. Uh, with your life philosophy yeah. if you think yeah. not masturbating is is really just going to solve people's problems i feel like there are a lot of people a lot of organizations that simplify certain things where they think that the problem with society is a single thing as opposed to a gumbo of shitty things that they are completely glossing over because it usually serves them so it's like all right so we've got it so we can't deal with like we can't deal with class privilege um, white privilege or male privilege because that's awesome for us so what do we got what else we got masturbation sir masturbation is the cause of several issues in america it's like all right cool let's run with that let's do that let's play the masturbation angle so as to avoid anything substantive or self-reflective because this is working out pretty well for us it's working out pretty goddamn good yeah no fat no what I think is pretty weird. I see a lot of people trying to like talk to this organization and I feel like what are you going to really accomplish trying to convince somebody that is saying if you're addicted to pornography to just not masturbate? <laughs> Cause uh, I got to say, if you are sex addicted, uh, 
pornography is kind of just like the tip of the iceberg. Right. And but masturbating again... is the tip of the iceberg. And also they seem to operate under this thing that like people need porn to masturbate. Right. That's what I mean. I feel like there's a lot of oversimplification happening for the benefit of the organization itself. Yeah. It's like people are out here jerking it to to like poems and shit. Like it right. doesn't take much to set the human we mind to, off. We should take a minute actually and talk about that because I think we don't realize, uh, well, men don't realize that people are aroused by several different things and we can be aroused by several, several, any number of things. And I find that that actually is a problem when men speak to women and they speak about sexuality. We, we think everyone is as silly as we are, and that's not true. <laughs> so we are not at peace with the fact that, you know, there are several different things that might cause you to mess. It's a totally there's a complete tangent, but it is something we should touch on because it comes up a lot that people who, that understanding what arouses people is unclear across humanity. We think we know. We know no idea. We do not. We, because like you said, it's the tip of the iceberg. There's so many things that we do not accept this. And as a result, we know none of the things. And it always suffers because men then talk to women like they're video games and yeah. robots. So. And uh, my my issue with this whole no fap thing and how they feel like, oh, we're the the adult industry is is exploitative. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of shit that's exploitative. Like if uh if we're just keeping it one hundred, like as much as they want prohibition of sex work, right. how many like waitresses get horribly harassed at their jobs? Right. We don't have an end demand for the service industry. We don't uh, like they're not looking at the root of disrespecting the, the women that do porn. Because no. <laughs> it's not that they do porn. It's it's mostly that they're women. Yes. I don't think we they haven't made that connection because again, they are a network of very, very simple, very, very simple assumptions made about how the world works. Yeah, and, and it's super heteronormative. Like super heteronormative. Um, they just seem to not get that like there is all kinds of pornography that doesn't involve uh, somebody who identifies as a lady at all. <laughs> right. But and... with... Yeah. Without without ladies, do you really... Is it really porn if there are no ladies? Okay. They seem to play into that. Um, we're going to vilify the producers of porn. And they even... There was a sex worker who was like, hey, well, if you don't like the adult industry and you think it's exploitative, why not push to support independent sex workers while targeting actual, like, huge monopolies that are exploiting sex workers? And their answer was, well, that would be like going into AA and telling them to only... Uh, speak against huge distilleries, but not what? local breweries. And I'm like, I don't think you a know how AA works, and b AA isn't trying to 
start prohibition. That's never been a point of AA. AA is like, I'm the one with the problem. (laughs) It's my addiction. It's my disease. Uh, It's not alcohol that made me an addict. The fact that I am an addict makes me have a problem with alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But, you know, everybody uh, can, it's real easy to uh, to get an audience with uh, conservatives if, if you say you, you hate the same things they hate, so. Apparently. <laughs> what is kind of annoying me about this whole exchange is you have ex-hamster who's like, oh, pornographers, we are a peaceful people. And it's like, you don't, you're barely even pornographers. You just steal other people's shit. And Mm. then put it on your site. And you do that for so long that now people who actually do make it put it on your site. And uh, you, like, you're still a cancer, (laughs) ex-hamster. And trying to co-op social justice language, try to make yourself sound woke when you're just gutting an industry that thousands of people depend on for their livelihood not buying it. You can still go fuck yourself, ex-hamster. Yep. Uh, that was my afternoon, trying to read that while at work, but, like, not read it, because I was like, don't, A, don't get mad about ex-hamster at work, because there's nobody you can talk to about it here, <laughs> and B, don't let them see you on ex-hamster's Twitter page on your phone while you're at work, because that's, that's going to be weird. Because there's not even boobs. I think if I was looking at porn on my phone, that would be easier to explain than the fact that I'm trying to to follow a Twitter war between an anti-masturbation, anti-porn group and a tube site. <laughs> oh, let's do some hard news. So the first story, this was a holdover from last week because I thought we're going to record before or on Halloween so I wanted to have something spoopy okay do you remember Miss Amethyst Realm yeah she's a white woman I think she was Unreasonable Friday's white woman of the year in 2017 yeah yeah she was our white woman of the year she uh, cheated on her fiance with a ghost right well that's on him he wasn't willing to have he wasn't willing to open the relationship she had no choice so since then, she was just just banging ghosts, like left and right, like so many ghosts. But she went on a vacation down under, and she met the ghost of her dreams, and she says that she is engaged to this ghost oh. and wants to start a family. Um, I want her to have some ghost children. I want her to be great. I also would like her to become um a two-time, two-time white woman of the year for Unreasonable Fridays. And if you um can get pregnant by a ghost, if she can turn up pregnant by said ghost before the end of the year, then she's a shoe-in. And we would have to then see if we can have her on the program to discuss her discuss some of the at one of these shows she has to be able to discuss the intimate the intimate details of her relationship with ghosts i mean i'm happy that the ghost and the lady have found each other yeah 
um, certain there are a lot of issues dealing with you know people who have like you know like life privilege you know tang tangib tangibility privilege as in they are present you can make they are visibly present and you can touch them as opposed to a ghost who you can't actually interact with and has to rely heavily on your willingness to accept him as a um as a thing yeah you know i mean i kind of, i kind of feel like if she could accept the fact he's a non-corporeal being she could, right. like that's some strong love my favorite favorite fact about this mm -hmm. according to realm the ghosts proposed during a trip to celebrate their nine month anniversary mm -hmm. at the wookie hole caves the what the wookie hole caves in england okay which I love that, like, ghosts go on boring, steady relationship trips, too. Well, I mean, that's what you're missing. And you have the ability to appear places, um, um, phenomenal cosmic understandings. I mean, at the end of the day, you just kind of want to go see Venom in the theater. That's it. Get drunk. Steal, put, put some uh, alcohol and some Mountain Dew bottles and go see the fucking Venom. Go see the matinee. That's it. Like, you know, go, it it's still missing. So... Even on your celestial, uh, even in your celestial journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel that like Amethyst is over here, just getting chose, getting booed up. <laughs> I hate myself that I did that, but it felt great. Oh my god, you said and, uh... booed up. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to end the show then. We can't this show. The show can't continue now. You are aware that the show really can't continue at this point. But we're done here. It, we have we have work to do, sir. It's been ruined. Like there's no like where are we gonna go? Tell me where are we gonna go from here? Well, I was gonna say that it, it is it is a little I feel a little hurt that she she got a ghost to commit. And I, I have not. In fairness, I have not. Like, I don't know if you do you do you date ghosts? I mean, like, like anything. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we haven't tried ghosts. I think um, ghosts are. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I don't mean to speak ill or flippantly of the ghost experience, but not a lot of people see ghosts. So for it to be seen. There's probably like a long line at a very small restaurant. You know what I mean? Like everyone's trying to get all these ghosts are like, oh, my God, I get to be loved for my infinite life and seen, which is important. And as a ghost, being seen is probably a tremendous issue. I'm not going to lie. I would have some issues having a long term relationship with a ghost because I feel like chiefly you enter in long term relationships where you like tell everybody and saw public so you could go to your company Christmas party with somebody. And if my long-term partner is a ghost, what's the use of having a plus one? Nobody else could see them. I think that's some type of ism. Like, I don't know <laughs> what kind of ism, but I feel like that's a culturally ignorant sentiment towards ghosts. Like, I, I'm not too sure. I don't want to speak for ghosts. I don't, I have not. Spoken with enough ghosts and heard this story. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not saying like they're less than. 
I'm just saying for my needs, it's very important that there's somebody there in a seat that my coworkers can see. Well, that's what I mean. That's kind of the privilege that I was talking about where as a ghost, you have to, you rely on acceptance a lot because you don't have anything tangible to show us in a very visual society. And getting people to get on board with that, I imagine, is a challenge for the ghosts, personally. So, I'm just saying, I'm just trying to be respectful of their culture and what they've gone through, because I don't I mean, I if there's to. a ghost who feels offended by the words that have come out of my mouth, like, you can stick your ghost stick in my mouth, like, once or twice until you feel better, so... There you go. That's a, I, I mean, that's a good that's a good deal. That's a good deal you offered the ghost. I, I mean, think it'd be super easy to give a ghost blowjob because like they're intangible, so like you don't even have to open your mouth. Well, that's the thing. I feel like they're tangible but can't be seen. So you would have an invisible dick in your mouth. And oh, I then, thought it was just like no, she's no, she's getting she's getting screwed by like the you know like the um, uh, paranormal activity spirits. Like it's there, but you have to like hit the right lighting at the right time at the right the right day of the month and the right part of Earth, and then you can kind of catch a glimpse of it. But it's always there; you just can't see the motherfucker like that. That's why it's like paranormal activity. I'm certain that her husband walked in on her, and her ass was in the air, and her, and her, and she was just open and just pulsing. With nothing their husband could see. And he was like, you know what? I can't handle any of this. <laughs> I am not. I thought I could possibly entertain some percentage of this. I can entertain 0% of this. And then he sat there and he looked at his wife again, being opening and closing, her vagina opening and closing. And he was oh, like, his no. Fiance. They weren't married. Oh, oh, his fiance. And he was like, no, I, I, the wedding's off. I can't do this. And, you know, that's a challenging visual. For a for a man, we're not we're not that nuanced in um, the ways of other people's lives or joy. So I can see it happening, just like that. So I see it. So I don't know. It's on him. It's on him. I'm just saying he he made the choice. She was fine. I think she was fine with him. She, just, she made the choice to limit the relationship. I wonder if like she's like. Like the house on the the haunting of Hill House, but it's just like her cunt. Like if you die in her, you just stick around. I don't know, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. Oh, can I also say that like somebody suggested that I watch that show because they're like, it is so scary. I fainted. That is some bullocks. <laughs> the haunting of hill house is pretty much this is us with like a couple of ghosts really people have been freaking out about that show the whole time oh it saying. is a good show it is well acted and very engrossing it is not scary though <laughs> there is very little scares but it's a great show it's more like character drama mm-hmm and then they go, oh, yeah, this show has ghosts. Remember? There's ghosts. <laughs> show has ghosts. Yeah, it's ghosts. 
Um, all right. Fair enough. I'll watch it now that I know that because I thought it was too scary. And I always put on shows around like midnight. I always watch. Oh, anything I watch, I put on at midnight. So no, it's, it's like, not scary. There's like nothing really scary in it. Now, are you sure? Now, we have to examine the thing now. If you don't find it scary, are you sure it's not scary as opposed to you being a desensitized, truly broken and fatigued human being? Um, because a lot of our resiliency as black people just comes from extreme fatigue. So, well, there is like, I would say it is emotionally heavy. Right. But it wasn't anything that I'm like, oh, I am now so spooked. Like, like, I feel like this whole situation is like such a their problem that I'm not going to like leave the the viewing experience feeling like concerned myself which is what makes things scary all right you have a point there you do i'll own that i mean they don't have like even the, the ghosts aren't very scary they're just like people there's right. okay there's like half a scary ghost well, that's the thing then. Are you, because some people get scared by um, humans that are almost, and that's terrifying. And if you're not scared, if, if a human that is almost is not, is that the type of ghost that you're talking about where it's like almost a person, but not quite enough to uh, fuck yeah. with you? Yeah. Okay. So you don't feel, you don't, that, that doesn't, that doesn't move the chains. I mean, there's things where I'm just like, not like that. Like there's a couple of things like that in this, but where I'm just like, I acknowledge that I'm not feeling what's happening. This whole deal with this ghost is not something that I'm super into, but it's never, it was nothing that made me like go, ah, you know. And I love scary stuff. Totally down, especially like ghost scary stuff. But this great show, just not scary all right, all right cool that's it but i would I'm, recommend i'm watching it i don't i'm watching it and we're gonna talk about it even if it is not scary I'm, we're gonna have a hot we're gonna have a we're gonna have a discussion on it because i'm interested this year now like the yeah. 14th person to recommend the show so just we're like we're doing there are thing. times where i i cut it off because like one character is making me so angry <laughs> so i was very emotionally invested in the show i just didn't like you know, go eep. Mm -hmm. okay. Also, if you have like a ghost show and you have to tweet out where to see the goddamn ghost because most people didn't notice them, maybe you were a little too subtle with your ghosts. I mean, we have to be subtle with our ghosts now. I mean, we've seen enough. I mean, I mean we have enough unsubtle horror stuff. Like if you look up horror on Amazon, because apparently any human being can make a movie and put it on the Amazon Prime video. I saw a puppet hit a horror movie on Amazon. Exactly. And I'm not even going to say it's good or bad. I'm saying is that Amazon Prime video doesn't give a fuck. You made no, a movie. Not a one. You in there. Welcome to Amazon Prime video. And um, yeah, so if you want, I mean, you know, while we're on the subject of low, just right. the lowest bar of horror, all right. 
Did you know that they made a sequel of Tales from the Hood? Um, I heard about it, but I have not seen it. It is the worst thing I've ever seen. I've never seen something so bad that uh, I came out offended. And the more I thought about it, the more upset I was. <laughs> I wasn't even like deeply disturbed. Like I'm just outright enraged. <laughs> I said, you haven't seen it yet. I don't want to spoil. I mean, we can, you go watch it. I mean, we, we can could totally do that is like a special. I think the next like unreasonable Friday, like all of us get together. We should just watch that movie and just do a, a, a live where we all watch it. They would do it on Twitch and then discuss or just deflate our our very complicated feelings that we will have. After. I remember you said that that movie was Hotep-tastic, so I'll watch it and maybe we'll maybe we'll get everything together and we'll we'll talk about it. So House on Haunted Hill um, and high thumbs up for that and uh, Tales in the Hood Part Two. Which is an abomination that should have never seen the light of day. Well, then. that's some Halvey stuff. But do we have yeah. anything? Do we have anything else then? Because we have homework. As a matter of fact, the audience, if you've watched either of those things, hit up Najela on Twitter. It's a Blasian bitch with a Y on Twitter, or me at ans Freeman, uh, ans Freeman on Twitter, and let us know what you think about <laughs> that. Because we're going to be talking about it soon somewhere next week probably but definitely <laughs> this is our our very late halloween show now we're just talking about scary movies <laughs> <laughs> i do kind of miss tales from the crypt those type of those type of hour-long those type of hour-long uh, half an hour long horror shows were great i i lived by those shows growing up i, I swore by them well for me it was like a the first horror i ever saw because I used to go to my aunt's house and she had HBO. She was like the only family member that had cable. And she also was not trying to watch or monitor what my brother and I watched while we were in her care because she was tired. Right. So we got to A, see horror and B, see movies and naked people because they let that stuff slide on HBO back in the day. And it was an interesting experience. I always loved... Uh, the structure of a good Tales from the Crypt episode because there's always like they drop you in the situation so you're trying to like get your bearings and see what what it is and then they like give you give you like the, the twist but then they do like the double twist and that was always what made a, a great Tales from the Crypt episode right. so once you like think you know what's going on it'd be like oh aha but then they, they'd sting you and you'd they'd go in like the zag when you thought it was going to zig and it was always great and that tales from the hood too just did not not only did they ignore that formula which made tales from the crypt just a classic viewing experience um they just decided to be like hey black people this is for you so you could feel bad about everything <laughs> just worse oh you know what else i did i watched candy man again you mean the movie about not fucking with white women you know i didn't get that context <laughs> until watching it as an adult yeah 
That movie was that movie was don't be don't be fucking with them white girls. The movie. It, it all went south for that man, that Negro. Yeah. It all went south for him. And uh like watching it as an adult, I'm like, I mean, are they gonna fuck? I kinda feel like he you should fuck him. Just be like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. I beat yeah, he has like a hook. But like plenty of people have hooks for hands. Doesn't he also have like bugs inside his inside his body? I mean, I don't think he's gonna come bees. We don't understand all of his physiology because all he does is terrify people. So we don't know how his resting physiology is. He might just come. He might come honey. He also might come bees. I don't. I mean, we're gonna need some science. We're gonna need to sit him down, ask him some questions in a controlled environment to find out what that situation is. I know. I just felt like there's a lot of like bedroom eyes going on coming from the Candyman. Yeah, it was. But because but I feel he, like he was like flirting with the camera. He was, but because he comes bees, he can't have a standard sexual relationship that causes several layers of frustration, which is why he lashes out as I mean, he does. Like we got condoms. Bee condoms. I mean. Also, I imagine the bees come out like Looney Tunes. Like if someone just you know, Looney Tunes, he spits them all out, and they all stinger first, and they just bound me like blood I mean, darts. What's his pullout game like? Again, where does it go? Like, I don't want to sit there and leave a line of bees sticking out of some woman's torso. I mean, you, you pull out and then like you face away from your partner, I and then you just shoot the bees. I'm still shooting. I'm still shooting darts into the wall, living darts into the wall. That's just inconsiderate, unless it's my house. But, or, or you can fuck in the forest and then just have some bees. We need more bees. We do need more bees. That's true. We are true. hurting for pollinators. Wait. So you're saying that Candyman's beeges is possibly the is possible as a possibility of saving the providing the balance we need to save the earth from itself. I mean, I'm just saying we have 12 years to fix climate change and like we don't even have the EPA anymore, so maybe we should all just volunteer to jerk Candyman off for once a day. Just spread some pollinators. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I mean, we never, we never really thought about it, but a guy who comes bees sounds pretty handy right about now. I mean, I don't want to be facial, but like, we could pull out, get a flower. Everybody's happy. And he could use his little hook to till soil, and then he could plant more flowers. So you're saying Candyman is actually the key to our salvation as it stands right now? Like, he would be. I'm, I think so. I think there is an Arbor Day themed Candyman film that was just lost to the ages because people just didn't have their thinking caps on. So he's coming, he's jizzing bees that we need for the environment mm -hmm. and then planting trees and gardening as he goes with his hook for his hand. You know, it's the and that's and that's the problem with representation. We should have they didn't lead with that. They were like, oh, my God, he's terrifying. But really, we don't know what happened when he did try to save the earth. What happens when he did try to produce more bees? He did try to plant trees. 
They probably told him to get out of here. They probably told the black ass to get out of here. He might have gotten arrested, assaulted. Oh, just uh, he's probably just too pure for this world. We don't know. Yeah. So somebody, we... somebody get a Tony Todd. Um, see if he wants to film a prequel to Candyman these. about his uh, struggles being Candyman, but before he started killing people, like how he got there when he was just like coming bees and. I'm just saying, the Candyman origins. That is very become centric. So now what do we do? <laughs> so now as a program, what do we do now? As we sit here looking at each other, we've recorded a lot of a program. This is where we've ended up on the program. And now since you're the host, what do we do from here? Um, I got nothing. <laughs> so then that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Watch Candyman. All I can think of is just beach just a dude just come and be come and be is saving the planet that he loves so dearly how about a prequel to Candyman about that before all the white folks came and tried to tear him from his dream of truly providing balance to nature from himself from within how he doesn't require anything and they still tore him down they still they broke him down and turned him into a murderer i'm here for that Candyman movie Thank you, Najela, for shining a light on the utter goodness that Candyman represents for Earth and all of our futures. Anyone with kids should understand the value of Candyman. I just thank you so much, Najela. It's really appreciated. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to come in and do a good show because I have things to say. <laughs> and I've been talking about beeges for 20 minutes. Not the jizz of bees. No, a man who comes bees. Obviously. Right. Clearly. But it's important for the environment. We're short on bees. We really need them. So at the end of the day, it's an important discussion about someone that can truly help the direction of Earth's health and our health and our safety going forward. So you are like without pollinators, there's no plants. Without plants, there's no humans. Right. That's science. I'd like to say that you actually brought it full circle where you started we started talking to each other but then we in, we encompassed the entire earth in our conversation by the end of the show and i think that's well-rounded yeah. i think that's topical we i think started that's important. having a late halloween episode right and it turned into an early earth day episode exactly and that is what we're here for so <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. That's it. Yeah, we're please. done. Uh, I'll see you next Tuesday. Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays. You know what makes racists really mad? Black people having a good time. And we really have a good time making these podcasts. So, if you donate, then it's technically the same thing as funding the unhappiness of racists everywhere. Awesome, right? You know what to do.